Hey, how's it going guys? This is Sean from thatcorgiblog.com and this is a narration of my latest post over on the website, Five Things I Wish I Knew Before Adopting a Corgi. If you haven't checked it out yet, I posted the backstory of how I came to adopt my corgi, Monty, in one of my previous posts and podcasts, so make sure to check that out. But just to summarize, he kind of stumbled his way into our life. We weren't actively looking to adopt a, a corgi at the time, but we had a friend who was looking to re-home re him. But if we were actively looking, these are the five things I wish someone would have told me first. So number one is they shed a lot. If you don't have a corgi, take whatever you imagine a lot is and like quadruple it because they just constantly shed. They have what's called a double coat, um, compromising of a top and bottom coat. The top coat is really coarse, meant to keep out moisture and dirt, and the bottom coat is much softer and that's what actually keeps them warm. Both coats are shedding constantly. Supposedly, they have two shedding seasons in the spring and fall, but in my experience, the, uh, the first shedding season is between March through October, and the second one's through October through March. And um, yeah, if you're paying attention, then that's the entire year because that's how much they shed. My partner and I have joked that um, we should make mittens or something with all that hair because it's just a lot and maybe start our own Etsy store or something. I would honestly go so far as to say that an iRobot like Roomba is an absolute necessity before getting a Corgi. We lasted exactly three months with Monty before we finally capitulated and gave the Amazon overlords all of our money for a, a Roomba just so we didn't have to vacuum every day. And I actually was vacuuming every single day. And before that, I really never knew how large a two-bedroom apartment really could feel because I was covering every square inch every day. It's not all bad though, uh, because they do shed a lot, you don't need to take your corgi to a groomer at all. There's absolutely no reason to give your corgi a haircut or a trim or anything. Just brush or comb them frequently. We do this about uh, once every other day and uh, I'll make sure to do a, a follow-up post and podcast just to get you an idea of how we get Monty to tolerate, tolerate that. I know there are a lot of dogs out there who don't really enjoy being brushed, and our secret is having a good lick mat. So the number two thing that we wish we would have known before adopting a corgi might sound obvious, but they are low to the ground. And you're thinking, okay, like, of course, Sean, like the dog with genetic dwarfism is going to be low to the ground. Duh. But you probably don't think of all of the things that go into that. For one, it means that anything on the ground immediately gets lodged in their underside. This includes dirt, twigs, bottle caps, AOL CDs, but really water, both liquid water and snow. Every morning in the spring, we experience pretty heavy dew here in Maryland, and it leaves Monty's undercoats completely soaked. And while he doesn't really seem to mind, um, and I guess really we don't either, um, it definitely means that you have to have a, a towel handy by the front door at all times because you got to be ready to dry them off. Uh, so we usually take off Monty's leash and immediately wrap him up in a towel, swaddle him like a little baby and bring him over to the couch. Um, and if you want to see these adorable pictures, you can go over to Instagram because there are probably a dozen. In the wintertime, while we no longer have to worry about the dew, we do still have the same problem with the salt and snow. Um, so besides drying him off, more frequently, we also have to clear away a lot of the salt that builds up on his paws by bathing him a lot more often. 
We've gotten some products like a dog paw cleaner that claims to kind of help out with that, but we never really had good experience with that. So I don't know if you've had, um, if you've ever tried one and you've enjoyed it, I'd love to hear your, your experience with it. So that's number two. The third thing that I wish we would have known is that they require a lot of physical activity. And well, yeah, I feel like this applies a lot to a lot of dogs out there. I guess I was a little surprised given how small corgis are. Like nobody sees Chihuahua sprinting 500 meters, right? But corgis clear that easily, right? They just keep running and running and running. And I'm just left here wondering like, where does this energy come from? And I don't know, maybe it has something to do with their short legs. Like I feel like it prevents them from running really efficiently, but that's not the case at all. Like they just zoom around the house, like causing tornadoes and stuff. It's, it's honestly pretty amazing. Exercise can come in a lot of various forms. So we live in a city where we don't really have the luxury of having a backyard and neither do most of our friends. So we end up taking Monty out on long walks. Usually we do one mile before work, a mile after work, and then one final mile uh, just after dinner. And based on this estimate and how long we've had Monty, we've put at least 2,600 miles on his little paws, which is enough to get from Baltimore where we live over to the California-Mexico border. So that's a lot of mileage on his little tickas. We also play with a lot of toys. We found what claims, anyways, to be an indestructible tuggy toy on Amazon. Um, we determined that that is a lie, but it really did turn into Monty's favorite toy. And it's nice because it's really cheap and it, it wears him out after like 15 to 20 minutes. And what's the best thing about it, I think, is it doesn't have any stuffing. So we don't end up having to have like a million cotton balls to pick up when he does inevitably rip through it. So that part is pretty nice. And we're also blessed living in the city to live close to two parks. We have one that's really well attended with lots of dogs his size um, that he, he just loves to play with. The other one's usually empty, but it does have an agility course featuring like a ramp, some poles to weave in, and a small little like tube he can dart through. And Monty really enjoys, well, he enjoys the ramp anyways, um, that or he just enjoys the treats that we, uh, we bribe him with. The fourth thing I wish I would have known is that corgis are prone to hip dysplasia. So if you consider your hip bone, your femur has a ball tip on it that slots into a socket in your hip. And this is aptly called a ball and socket joint. And then you have ligaments that connect the two bones that, that keep them locked into place. And it's the same for dogs. So hip dysplasia is caused when the ligaments holding the bones together loosen or an otherwise improper fit between that ball and socket form. This is a degenerative condition. As in, your pup might be fine for a long while with this affliction, but with inflammation and other wearing down of the joint, it could cause pain later in life. So eventually you might see this as them being slow to go up and down stairs or just not wanting to exercise as much. And unfortunately, there's no cure for hip dysplasia. Your vet may recommend anti-inflammatories or pain management medications, but yeah, there's nothing you can do to, to absolutely cure it. Monty's vet recommended a glucosamine supplement, which supposedly helps with joint health, but we haven't really read into the, the science yet, but I do trust his vet. So we do give him that about once every other day. Our vet noted that we can also help prevent hip dysplasia by keeping Monty's weight in check. So he's right around 25 pounds, which is pretty small for a corgi. And so I guess like all of those miles are, are really keeping him fit and trim. And so the only reason I really wish I knew about this predisposition to hip dysplasia is because I would have sooner reduced his high impact activities 
So Monty's a couch dog. He absolutely loves pillows, blankets, cushions, and all things comfort. If his humans are on the couch, he's on the couch. And when he gets the zoomies, he loves to jump up and down at, on the couch at very high speeds. I'm sure a lot of you uh, have the same experiences. But unfortunately, I think this probably has too much impact on his joints. And so now it's a habit that we have to curb, even though it's something that he really enjoys doing. So we're looking into some stairs for him to get up and down with uh, on the couch so he can still get up and cuddle all those pillows and come say hi to us whenever we're sitting down and watching TV. But if I could start all over again, I would have never allowed him to jump up and down. I, I really think that just having that high impact is going to be bad for him in the long term. But to end on a positive note, um, the fifth thing I wish I would have known is that they have larger than life personalities. And yeah, this is a little bit more subjective than the other ones, but I've had a lot of dogs in my life and by far Monty has the largest personality and we've had multiple friends tell us the exact same thing. So Monty has like several ticks, um, including human to human interactions. So like kissing, hand holding, hair rubbing, back scratching, all of those are off limits. He will just immediately start barking if he sees anyone, um, you know, whether that's me or our friends, you know, whatever anyone touches another human and he's just like, no, cut it out. He also really hates singing, um, and maybe that's just because I'm a bad singer because, you know, I just love to serenade my dog, but I don't know. It's almost like he's Jim from The Office whenever Jim's looking directly at the camera being like, what is going on? He thinks that no is a negotiable word, and so he always has something to say back. He, he loves backtalking. He also really hates the act of getting ready to go outside. Like, he doesn't hate being outside. Like, it's, it's just okay but actually getting the harness on is like the worst thing in the world. And we have to coax him to the door with a treat every time. He hates when his humans run away. Um, so running in the house is off limits. He doesn't like when people are in different rooms of the house. He'll try and herd them together. Um, if he sees a blanket on the couch, then he automatically owns that. And there are certain words that are off limits like zoom, whoosh, uh, choom, like any word that kind of sounds like you're going fast, he just is not about that. He'll start barking and start running and jumping on you. It's actually kind of funny. So from talking with other Corgi owners, it doesn't seem like it's just us. We've had several owners in the neighborhood who say their Corgis do similarly weird things. Back in college, I had a sponsor family who took me in and allowed me to use their laundry machine, relax, and would occasionally feed me at times. And they had this Corgi named Olive, and Olive absolutely hated toasters, lamps, and phones. And that's a weird trifecta of things to hate. But when the toaster dinged, she was there and ready to bark. And turning off or on lamps was a no-go. That clicking noise, I don't know, something about it just set her off. And most interestingly, if you had a phone in your hand, like, and she could see it, she would rip it out of your hands. And yeah, I had this friend named Nick, and Nick just, I don't know, would always have his phone out and Olive would just always go snipping at it. It was just, it was really funny and super sassy. So I'm left wondering if there are other Corgi owners out there that have seen these unusual behaviors. And you know, it's not just me making up these wild stories, but if you have, I would love to hear from you. Like, please contact me on my blog. Um, it would just be great to, to hear from other Corgi owners. But yeah, anyways, these are the five things that I wish someone had told me before we got Monty, our Corgi. Um, not that we wouldn't have adopted him, of course, right? He is the greatest thing that has ever happened in our life. And no amount of shedding can change that. 
Anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please consider subscribing and make sure to check out my blog over at thatcorgiblog.com. Again, this has been Sean. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.